Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Good morning. Welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. And it's kind of crazy since I've started off the, folk, the show almost hacking the death. <laughs> but we're welcome. We're glad that you have here. Our show is about promoting a knowledge to you that is engaging and transforming. And we want you, the listener, to know and do and impact the world around you. And as always, you are welcome to join us in this illuminating journey. Uh, calling in on the line is the most, uh, is the quickest way to get your thoughts in on the on the show. Three four seven two three seven five two three zero. Love to hear from you. Um, I'm not even going to try to open the chat room. <laughs> it's not giving me anything but a headache. But uh, yeah, well, I guess we could try. It's, uh, if you want to, you can log on to the chat room, blogtalkradio.com, zero of the day, and get your thoughts in. See if that comes up. Yeah, we've been trying for a couple of weeks. Hadn't had much success, but hey, hey, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, <clears throat> also, shoot us an email, pastorlorenzoneal at gmail dot com. That's one way you can. I like getting the email. I, I've gotten a couple. Of, I've been reading. It's been really interesting. Uh, give me a little feedback on the show. I appreciate that. It helps us out quite a bit. And while you're sending us an email, go to our Facebook site, the Zero Network on Facebook. Like it. Follow us on the show on Blog Talk Radio. Follow the show. We appreciate it. Also, check out the blog we've got going up on WordPress, Lorenzo T. Neal, WordPress.com. Check out the blog. We try to keep that updated. We just like – we just – Hey, we're all over. Hit us up. We want to hear from you. However, wherever, whenever, we love to hear from you. And welcome to the show. Today we got a lot to talk about. And of course, we want to talk about, I called it last week. I called it last week. Even before the president made his announcement, I called it. I called it. I called it. Yeah, I'm I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking credit for calling it. It's no surprise. Uh, the president has come out and affirmed same-sex marriage. And of course, it has created a heat wave of controversy, particularly with the black church. And uh, so we're definitely going to talk about that. And um, uh, try not to say um too often. I went to I'll get a I went to a Toastmasters meeting last night, and one of the things that I used to be a member of the Toastmasters club, and uh, going there. Really refreshed me and kind of inspired me to touch, brush up on my speaking skills. And you would think after 25 years of, of public speaking and preaching, I have it down packed. But you know, I heard some speeches yesterday that were just wonderfully written and uh, well, well inspired and connecting. And then the evaluators got up and talked about the um and ahs and times, and I was like, and I said, wow, that that's amazing. I said, I can't be in the Toastmasters Club again, and, you know, if <laughs> you're limited to your speech time. I said, as a black preacher, man, if I, it's almost amazing to get less than 10 minutes 
in a speech. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Uh, so I'm working on that. Uh, thank you, Toastmasters at Tougaloo College, Tougaloo, Mississippi, Tougaloo College, one of the great uh, historically black colleges and universities here in the great state of Mississippi. Anyway, so yeah, we're going to be talking about the president uh, since New Week's Newsweek has crowned him the America's first great gay president. We're going to ask you a question. Is he America's first gay president? And, and we're going to talk about that. And also, also we're going to talk a little bit about uh, my home state has come. And I tell you, we, we just, we, we, we just, I don't know what to say about Louisiana sometimes, but we have made international headlines. And I'm not sure if I should boast about this or run away from it. But we're going to talk a little bit about my home state and one of the thing, the most notable thing we have become known for now. <laughs> you probably wouldn't wonder is the world wondering what in the world is that? Well, if you listen long enough, you'll figure it out. All right. So those are two topics we're going to get into later on in the show. But before getting into the show, I want to ask a question. Um, I, I, I do hope that all my uh, all the mothers in my listening audience, I want to say again. Um, happy Mother's Day, even though it's late. Happy belated Mother's Day to you. I pray. Uh, I hope it was well. I, I hope you, everything went good for you. I, uh, I hope that you got a day off and a day of pampering and whatever it may be. There were some women who were treated to the spa here in Jackson. I was like, oh, all right, that's good. But I know some of y'all little trifling people didn't give y'all mama nothing. Not one single thing. Trifling, 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 trifling. <laughs> but look, if, if you if, if you didn't get a gift for your mom, I suggest you make it up to her. And I suggest you make it up to her by getting her something that's good, healthy, and very different. Showing that you love her by getting her an edible creation. Uh, yeah, I'm going to put a plug in. I want to put a plug in for uh, my dear friend's company, Incredible Edible Incredible Edible Creations. Now, I know it's a sad plug early in the morning, early in the show, but hey, I'm going for it because I can do that. I'm the host. <laughs> anyway, but uh, Edible Incredible edible cre- creations. I mean, they have everything that you can think of. They they got the the fruit baskets. You know, you can give for Mother's Day, you can give for any occasions. But they have the fruit bouquets. Now, this is what I like: the fruit bouquets, man. I I I mean, they stack it up with fruit candy. Well, not candy. So, well, some of them do have candy, but fruit, vet, uh, fruit, and it's it just it's a bouquet. It's a flower bouquet, and it's just you know it, it looks good. You can get one of those, and they have them for men too. Women, you can get your man one of those fruit uh, fruit bouquets, edible fruit bouquets from Incredible Edible Creations, and and that, they don't just stop there. I mean, they do show pieces. They carve, I mean, they carve watermelons. They carve fruit. They, they whatever you want, they can do it, and it's it's healthy and it's beautiful creations of art that you can eat. I like that. So I'm putting a plug in for Incredible Edible Creations. You ought to give them a call at nine zero three four four five five three one eight. Uh, or go to their Facebook page. Go to their Facebook page, like their Facebook page, Incredible Edible Creations. And, and you, when you go through there, you look at some of the pictures and you look at the pictures of some of the things that they do, you'll be amazed at how they do it. And they put a, a lot of time and love into every everything. And they also cater. So if you're if you're in the Texas area, Louisiana area, they probably even travel up to you. I'm telling you, it's worth every single penny. That's incredible edible creation. And yes, I put in the plug early in my show. <laughs> All right, so let me move on. Anyway, uh, I lost my train of thought, y'all. I can't believe I lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah. Back to the subject at hand. All right, so I don't know how many of my listeners um, watch uh, these talent shows that come on television, uh, The Voice, uh, American Idol, or um, what's the other one? Uh, There's this fashion designer show. Anyway, uh, one of my favorite shows that I like to watch that's a that's a real, real talent show is the show that's called uh, – the show that's called America's Talent, and I like that show largely because it, it it displays all the talent in America, and it's a wonderful show. So I caught that I caught the show this week, and I was glad to catch it. I was kind of wary of watching it because um, you know Howard Stern is one of the new guests, 
But anyway, it, it, it's still same 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 fun show, family show, and I appreciate that. So uh, some of those acts on there are wonder, really wonderful. So if you get a chance, check that show out. I want to take a quick break. I want to come back from this break. We'll get into our subjects at hand, and we'll be back right after this. He's a man who's going to tell you. You'd be shocked how much data you use in a month. Email, status updates, finding your way, uploading photos, downloading an app, an app, and another app. Kilobytes, megabytes, gigabytes, all stacking up until you reach your limit. And what happens if you go over? With Sprint, you don't have to worry. Only Sprint offers truly unlimited data. muddy water around. Swiffer WetJet's new upgraded solution helps prevent streaks and residue to reveal more shine than a mop or your money back. Wow, it's really coming together. Yep, this way everyone will know about all our great discounts. Safe driver, online, homeowners, more discounts than ever before. And they still get great service. I'd tell him the sign's not finished, but it would just break his funky little heart. More discounts, more ways to save. Now that's progressive. Call or click today. Those of you who've listened to my show uh, realize that uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, my computer crashed on me, and I had lost just, I thought I lost just about everything on my computer, all my important files and documents. But then I remembered that I had security. I had my files backed up automatically by Carbonite.com. Now, here's the good thing about Carbonite.com. They have the same encrypted technology that is used uh, for security, uh, e-commerce, transactions, all that stuff. They got it, right? And then they house it in state-of-art data centers that's guarded 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I wasn't worried because I knew my files were automatically backed up. And here's the good thing. I, I didn't have to worry about retrieving them either because I could access my files from any computer anywhere in the world. So if, if, if you, you feel like you're going to lose your stuff, I recommend Carbonite.com because that's the place to go. You don't have to worry about the cost either because they have a price for every budget you can imagine. Not only that, but if you go to that site today, you can get a 15-day free trial right now if you go in today. That's Carbonite.com for all your online backing needs. All they do is back up your files online. They don't do anything else. You can be guaranteed that all of your important documents, everything that you love on your computer will be safe and secure. Check them out today at Carbonite.com for your online backup. All right, welcome back to Zero Today. Again, I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. We're glad that you joined us in the day. You know, one of the things I like about doing the radio show, uh, I, I can do it because it's, it's online and internet-based. I can do it anywhere, right? So I'm doing it here in the house uh, uh, because I, I'm doing, I was doing some class work and uh, doing counseling session and whatever. And, and uh, it, you know, I stay in a parsonage. <laughs> and so... You know, in my last segment, I was I was trying to get some some more monologue in, commentary in, and the doorbell rang, <laughs> and it was one of my members. <laughs> one of my members came to the door, and I'm like, oh wow, you know, one of those things I wouldn't expect it. But um, we're we're burying an, uh one of our members tomorrow. We're funeralizing her, and of course, I'm doing a eulogy. And usually, I'm at the office, and when I'm you know when I'm not in the office, they figure I'm at the house. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't hide. I can't hide. I can't hide. But um, uh, for our family. Speaking of prayer, I did. I, I don't know how I forgot to do this, but I didn't pray before we go into the broadcast. But y'all pray for us. Uh, pray for me. Pray for the show. And pray for everybody else that needs prayer. You know, y'all know better than I do. Anyway, I digress. All right, so uh, before the break, uh, in the last in, in the introductory section we, segment, we talked about a couple of things I, I want to get into. In part, um, of course, I want to talk about uh, uh, President Obama and uh, his affirmation of same-sex marriage. Uh, it's, it's you know a little getting a little irritating right about now, but we're going to talk about it later on. But but and so before I get to that, I wanted to discuss some very uh, interesting news from my home state of Louisiana. It has been repealed, reported that Louisiana is the world's leader in prison. <laughs> I, I guess it's no surprise. Yep. Yep. Louisiana leads the world. Excuse me. We, leads the, we, we are the prison capital of the world. Uh, Louisiana is reported by the Times Picayune. Uh, uh, this uh, one of the local papers in New Orleans. Times Picayune reports that Louisiana is the world's prison capital. Uh, that we imprison more of our own people uh, per head than China, than Iran, and than Germany. Now, both. <laughs> When I first heard that, I, I, when I first I, I saw it on the news this morning, uh, um, and I was like, well, "No, nah, that can't that can't be right," you know. And then um, when I when I when I saw it online, I was like, "Oh wow!" And then I went and read it in uh, the Times Picayune, and I was like, "Whoa, boy, that's just sad." Now it's something that I knew for a time, and, and, you know, I'm I'm, affili- I'm, I'm acquainted with the uh, the. I, I say the over the overbearing uh, justice system in the state of Louisiana because um, you get locked up for just about anything. I, I, when I say locked up, I mean uh, if, if you're you're distributing, for example, when it comes oh, let's use drugs, and that's because um, that's pretty much the easiest one I could think of. You know, drug related crimes like uh, distribution and possession. And so you know, possession uh, you might get a little you know little Six months. I'm serious. They do. They lock you up for six months. Give it a take. And possession with intent to distribute is a whole different thing. You can get as many up as you know a year, three years, and and let's say you do that three times. If you caught, if you if you're arrested three times or you're convicted three times, that's a life sentence of of, of distribution <laughs> drug. You know, you're drug dealing. You, three year. You know, three. Not even consecutive, but just three. You know, it's three strikes and you've got a life term. And so here are the figures. Here, here are the figures. Here are the figures. Uh, one out of every six individuals in the state of Louisiana is a prisoner. It's incarcerated. That says a lot. One of every 86, one out of 86, one out of 86, that's a very high incarceration rate. Now, when you add it, to, when you bring it back, break it down to black men, you're talking about one of every, out of every 14 black males is an incarcerated male. When I was pastoring, when I was pastoring, uh, particularly in, in South Louisiana, I had this issue because several of my several of my members' children were incarcerated and they were you know, re- receiving long, hard sentences for minor offenses. I mean, you know, uh, second or repeat offenses. They're getting 10 to 12 years, and and, and I went and I lobbied. Quite a few times, I, I lobbied quite a few times with the state legislature in Louisiana and with the um, with uh, sh- several uh, sheriff offices in a couple of parishes, uh, particularly one parish where I served as as pastor. And I said, this is just ridiculous. These uh, black men are largely they're largely being discriminated against when it comes to jail sentencing. And, and I didn't hold back my tongue. I, it was just reality. You know, they're getting harsher penalties. For uh, lesser crimes, and you know they they're not given they weren't given the opportunities to um, to to get um, better representation for one 
that led to that. And, 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 and you know, when I was teaching, uh, it, it, it was so bad. You know, if you got in a fight, that was, you know, you get in a fight in Louisiana in the school, public school, not only will you be arrested, but, you know, you're going to probably get probation, but that's on your record. And that's not going to be taken out. And then if you get on, you, you know, another fight, and you have to be arrested again. Well, nine times out of ten, eight, you know, nine times out of ten, you're going to go to jail, and you're going to be in jail for for a while. You know, uh, they try to with minors. They they try not to arrest them and keep them. And, you know, they want to be in school. But unfortunately, Louisiana pen, uh, prison system is not one about reformation. It's just one about you know figures, dollar, bottom line. And when you read the story in Time Picking Union and other uh, other outlets that are reporting on this story, what you come to discover is that these small parishes, you know, the small parishes are profiting. And, and I noticed that from some of my brothers that were, you know, they got incarcerated, you know, they'd be shipped from parish, they'd be arrested. For example, my home parish is Washita Parish. They'd be arrested in Washita Parish, shipped down to Rapides Parish, in some hick town prison there, you know, or shipped all the way to Madison Parish in, in Lake Providence, Louisiana, or Tallulah, shipped, you know, they're just shipped around during the time that they're incarcerated. So if you have a six-month sentence, yeah, let's say you're sentenced for six months, what are you going to do? Well, they, well, they profit, you know, they got to keep people employed. So they say, hey, my prison isn't full. You got somebody you can send here? <laughs> Ship them here, and we'll keep them for you, you know. And it's not that there's overcrowding in in the jails. It's just that it's about profiting. You know, these are these are for profit prisons. The the, share, the uh, parishes and the sheriffs use to make money. You know, that's the way they do it. And they just haul them around like they're you know where they're you know cattle. And <laughs> and please, I'm. I, I, yeah, I am. Yes, yeah, yeah, I am. I'm about to say this. It, it is a reflection of back in the day the chain gang system uh, uh, after slavery during during um, during the time after after slavery when uh, slaves were emancipated uh, black men were still categorized as labor so what they would do. It's no secret what they would do is they would incarcerate these men for for the most petty of crimes, you know, you you, you know robbery, uh, burglary, or whatever it may be, and you know you're getting forty, fifty years, like like the movie uh, Life with Eddie Murphy and um, well Eddie Murphy and um, uh, come on y'all help me out, help me out, Martin Lawrence, thank you, Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence, uh, you know they got sentenced. For a crime that they committed, and they spent all these decades in prison, <laughs> you know, and they finally had to fake their death to to get out of prison. Uh, uh, but that was a reality for black men um, during the Jim Crow segregation. Uh, they got cheap labor. Matter of fact, the the prison, the the parish prison in my home my home parish is is known as the P Farm. I'm, I'm not kidding. It's known as the peak farm, and it's known as the peak farm because you went there and you worked. You didn't. <laughs> uh, some of my brothers can tell you about that. <laughs> I still love y'all, uh, but they can tell you they worked, and you know. And these small small community jails would profit. Uh, now they're profiting from that. Um, they you know excessive bonds, uh, at public res you know public. Um, Representation of a public defender not representing them well, whatever it may be in. So I know I'm kind of rambling about that, but that's just the way it is, Louisiana, and 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 there's there's injustice everywhere. But think about it: it's a 182 million dollar industry in the state, and in the state of Louisiana, they're going to continue to find ways to you know keep that profit. It's not about reformation. It's not about reforming them, rehabilitating them. It's about keeping their bottom lines trimmed. I know it doesn't make a lot of sense. Man. Hey, that's the way the world. That's the way the world, like Earth, Wind, and Fire, saying. So, all right. Uh, 
done with that topic, I'm going to move on to another topic before I come and do that. I'm going to take a quick break. I want you all to call us in, 347-237-5230. If you're from Louisiana, you want to put your input in on that topic, go right ahead. We're glad that you would do that. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. When we come back, we're going to end uh, this last segment talking about uh, our first gay president. <laughs> we'll be back right after these messages.
right, we're back. We're back. Welcome. Ha! Can't talk. Welcome back to Zero Out Today. I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. We're glad that you joined us here on blogtalkradio.com. We're glad that you're joining us all across the world, all 175 of you. Uh, we welcome you to join us in. Again, anything you want to talk about in uh, particular, uh, you want to get your thoughts about, uh, comments on, we invite you to do so. Call the number, 347-237-5230. That's the number that you can call to uh, get your opinions, thoughts, and insights on the air. Chat room is not up again, as usual, so hey. But shoot us an email, pastorrenzonilla.gmail.com. Follow us. Uh, uh, again, share your thoughts and opinions on the Facebook page, Zero Network. Like it. Like it. Click the like button. Like it. We need you to like it. And follow the show. Subscribe to the show. We appreciate all that you do. Anyway, so we're getting into the bulk of the show that we want to talk about. And um, President Obama, first black president in the United States, elected, barely. And last week, um, I talked about, you know, uh, two of his cabinet members, President, Vice President Biden and uh, uh Secretary of Education uh, Arne Duncan came out and voiced their uh, affirmation of same-sex marriages, and and I, I posed the question. I said that uh, I posed the question that he probably affirmed it also. And of course, you know the president has been saying that his his views on gay marriage were evolving. And on last week, he dropped a bomb. He dropped a bomb. Nobody was expected by saying that. He affirms same-sex marriage, and you know I I watched as some folks' mouth. You know you have seen the cartoon where the jaws just drop, you know, just fall to the floor. <laughs> and that's how some people were. It threw some people. I mean, especially black preachers who were voicing their support, unequivocal support of President Obama. It just threw them uh, uh, out of out of. Focus. I mean, they they had no idea that was going to happen. That he would say such a thing, atrocity, and they were put in a rock in a hard place. And um, and now the question is, will will black people vote for him because of his um, affirming of same sex marriage? And you know, I, I've said this one thing, and I, I keep saying it. You know, black people, we're loyal. We're extremely loyal people. We were loyal. Uh, uh, we're loyal to people who do us wrong, not our color. You know, we're not we're not as loyal to our own race, you know, people as we are. To, well, I lie. I take that back. We 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 still support Jesse Jackson and and um, others who lives, uh, you know, have been out there and um, kind of you know kind of brought us a little embarrassment. But you know, overall, we still kind of support them. We just withdraw just a little bit. So I think the president, the vote, uh, a vast majority of the black people will overwhelmingly still send him support. Uh, you know, not that it really matters. We we don't have as deep pockets as as some have, but I digress. Anyway, so so um, he comes up and he says that um, he says that he affirms. And um, so I have a clip here, uh, Van Jones. Uh, of course, Van Jones is. Uh, He's a lecturer, he's a commentator, he's a member of the Communist Party, a socialist, whatever you want to call it. And he's real well 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 articulate spoken black well articulated spoken black man on some social issues. Uh, you know, he's far left for some. But anyway, he was on MSNBC, MSNBC and it was asked a question uh, about the black vote uh Regarding President Obama and the black vote, and, and this is what he had to say. Let's play the clip. Um, right. Let's let's talk a little bit about the base, though. Um, and Van, when we talk about the president's position on some of this stuff, mm -hmm. I mean, does he lose? If you talk about black voters versus um, you know progressive voters, Democrat, the, the the idea of driving a wedge, do you think? President Obama would lose some of the black vote if, in fact, he did come out in support of gay marriage? I think if President Obama came out as gay, he wouldn't lose. <laughs> <laughs> President Obama's not going to lose the black vote no matter what he does. Uh, uh, I, I don't understand this particular uh, uh, strategy. on the. I mean, certainly our numbers are a little bit more, because we're more religious as a community, a little bit softer on some of the stuff. But it's not a hardcore issue for that many African Americans. All right. So so you heard Van Jones. That's Van Jones. Um, 
lecturer and a um a commentator and you heard what he said the reason the high uh african americans um when when you look in the poll is as far as where where they stand regarding same sex marriage we're obviously higher in opposition than we are in um um endorsing it and perform, uh proposing yeah, as proponents and the reason being of course the overall religious um religious uh construct that we see it we see it of course from scripture and scriptures, man and woman. Now, interesting, interesting thing about that, and I'm not getting deep, you know. Uh, when God made man and woman, He said male and female. So, and there's nothing deep. That's just the premise and the basis for our understanding and our construct of marriage. So, of course, from that religious construct, we are going to be opposed. Now, we have softened. Uh, you know, we are more accepting and more tolerant of civil unions. Uh, and that's evident across the board because we're allowing our children, you know, daughters and sons to, you know, they're not getting married. They're staying, they're, you know, old way of saying they're shacking up. <laughs> they're shacking up more now. And, you know, I have a friend, and it's amazing to me, you know, we were college students and uh, this couple was shacking up. They've been living together since they were in college, never married. I mean, they carry the life together, have children, never married, one single, <laughs> never married. And I always, I was, I was still amazed at it, you know, how could you be together so long and never be married, but function as a married couple, you know, legally, they're a common law married couple. Um, and of course, they, I, I'm not sure if the laws have changed, but, you know, anything would have happened to one of them, uh, some of the vital and uh, decisions cannot be made by them, but but that's a whole different thing. I digress. So the question was, is, Ameri- is, uh, is um, you know, he said, Van Jones said, black Americans, if, if Obama came out and said he was gay, they still, <laughs> they would still support him. And Unfortunately, I must agree with him on that. I know all too well we're adamantly loyal to uh, our leaders for some reason, and that's a good thing in some ways. But anyway, so um, so the question that that question lingered and lingered, and and uh, it's been crazy the reaction that's come out since then. You know, you have those on the extreme left who are saying that, um, well, that's a good thing, and and we're glad that he has affirmed it. And, and the moment he made that announcement, there was, you know, uh, a large amount of couples who now decided to get married. They had had been putting it off because they knew it had, wasn't affirmed. But now hearing the president affirm, it kind of gave them a little more confidence, assurance that uh, states would follow. And, and, of course, the president sees it as a state issue, you know, states' rights issue, and um, not a federal issue, but who knows, you know, there's the, the, the lesbian gay community is not just a community, they are a, a major lobbying force in, on the federal level, they are a major lobbying force, and, you know, some talk about the gay agenda, um, and, and I, I can't say if there's a gay agenda or not, but these, they have, they have, um, a network of, of organizations that are quick to make sure that uh, laws are being monitored or passed or presented uh, on the federal level and on the state level to uh, affirm them, and that's a powerful group. You know, it's a powerful group. Uh, but anyway, so Newsweek magazine following up on following up on. The president's uh, speech has created a cover for that magazine, and it has President Obama uh, looking rather um, – how can I describe it? <laughs> uh, mm, holy, uh, saintly, uh, I guess that's a better word, saintly, and in doing so, uh, he has a halo – Halo over his head, and the halo is a rainbow. And I'm, I'm gonna tell you why. Uh, 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 the rainbow does not have the same meaning as it has as it's scripture. And people forget that you know the rainbow was a sign to God of God's covenant with with Noah. 
you know, that was a, a sign of covenant, and it has been hijacked to represent this, you know, uh, gay community. And let me shut up on that. But anyway, I digress. So, um, so Newsweek produces this cover asking uh, uh, with with Obama looking saintly with a. Rainbow halo around his head, and the caption reads, "America's first gay president." And of course, you know, some some on the extreme right, some some cuckoos on the right wing are saying that yes, he actually is homosexual, he is gay, and that Michelle is covering up for him. And there was even one that said that Michelle and Oprah were arguing over. Him. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just been ridiculous. And, and when you think about it, you know, think about uh, not long ago, a few weeks ago, uh, there were his romantic interests from from his younger days, talking about uh, how sometime in it, in uh, effectual he was, you know, ineffectionate he was regarding them, and, and now you know he comes and affirms same sex marriage, and, and you know the conspiracy. I'm leading up to a conspiracy the- theory here. So uh, with this and that. Eads up equals that yes he is actually gay. Some 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 folks are actually um, reporting that he is in any course, and that's just ridiculous. Uh, it was intended to be the Newsweek cover was intended to be read and interpreted the same way Toni Morrison interpreted her words when she claimed she declared that Bill Clinton was the first black president. Uh, you know, come on now, that's, that's just reality. But so. Uh, since that has come up, there have been actually questions. Is uh, uh, have we ever had gay presidents? You know, has there been? We've had a single president. We've had um, you know plenty of adulterous presidents, <laughs> plenty of them, but never been a, a homosexual president. And you'd be surprised what history has uncovered. We have discovered, and well, actually, it's no secret. Uh, even you know, you do the research, you find out there is part. Um, um, there's a possibility that we've probably had one or more than one. As a matter of fact, uh, it's been suspected and um, highly likely that the 15th and the 16th presidents of the United States were uh, attracted to the same sex. Yes, that's right. I said it. 15th President James Buchanan and the 16th President, his immediate uh, uh, follower, the good old honest Abe Lincoln himself were both uh, uh, rumored to have had same-sex attractions. Let me play a clip here. um, By uh, This is by the Young Turks. And uh, the Young Turks, uh, if you've watched them, uh, they have a YouTube channel, and they're often um, on currenttv.com and things of that nature. Uh, um, So they talk about, they ask the question, James Buchanan. And... um, uh, James Buchanan, uh, the 15th president, he was he was interesting. He was the he was America's only only bachelor president, and he you know he 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 had a very deep relationship with uh, one of his senators, one of the Amer- uh, an American senator, um, Rufus Rufus King, William Rufus King, and who was a senator from. Um, Alabama, if I'm correct, yeah, he's from Alabama, it's south <laughs> and uh 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 Senator King was pretty much openly uh openly gay, one of the few politicians in in this era uh who was openly gay and and the homoeroticism between the two was displayed in letters that uh they wrote, and President Buchanan wrote about. Um, feeling solitary and alone, not having a companion in, in the White House with him, and uh, feeling that, uh, matter of fact, saying that if he uh, if he had to get married, it would be to an old maid, and that the old maid would just have to know that she, he wouldn't have an infection toward her. So uh, I'm gonna play this quick clip. I'm not gonna play the whole clip. Uh, you can find the whole clip on the Young Turks YouTube channel, but. Uh, Let's let's listen in on this this discussion they have. 
Was James Buchanan America's first gay president? That's something that we've been debating all day here at TYT. Uh, and Salon.com uh, wrote an op-ed about this because it kind of goes to show that, you know, if he was the first gay president, then our country has actually moved backwards when it comes to this particular social issue. So, uh, first of all, that cover that you just saw was, of course, not a real Newsweek cover. It was Salon who had done that cover to, to make the point they're making. And second of all, when Newsweek said President Obama was the first gay president, they meant like Bill Clinton is the first black president because he's in favor of, uh, you know, he pushed for civil rights, cared about the black community, etc. Now, in the case of James Buchanan, it's not symbolic. He might have actually been gay. So. Uh, now, some historians uh, think that's the case, some historians don't think that's the case. We shall present you with the evidence. Right, so there is a lot of evidence coming out, and you've got to keep in mind that this evidence comes from 1844, right? Mm -hmm. So the way people spoke to one another was very different from the way we speak to one another now. It was much more romantic, and I guess uh, romantic words that were exchanged between two males were not considered homoerotic at all. At least that's what some people are arguing. I just want to make sure no, you guys no. have all the information. No, no. Put, so, putting aside my smugness for a second. Now, look, I get it. Like, look, for example, in some Middle Eastern communities, guys hold hands. That's why when uh, uh, Abdullah came here from Saudi Arabia, uh, President uh, Bush had held his hand and walked around the Rose Garden, and they made out, and it was fun. It was, you know, and it was non-romantic. It's just that's what they do, right? Uh -huh. So. Um, Okay, so they're saying back in the day it was like that. Dudes would hang out, they'd cuddle in bed and stuff. No, no, but they would write like, oh my God, I really miss you, John. You kicked ass. I remember when we were playing together and it was awesome, et cetera. And that is true. It is true. Now, it's a different question as to whether Buchanan meant something else. So. Okay, so uh, let me give you the evidence that we have. So first of all, he lived with a Democratic senator from Alabama by the name of William Rufus King. Okay, and he lived with that guy. Awesome. He lived with him for about 15 awesome. years. Okay. 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 All right. Look first. That, look. Hold on. Right now, still the jury's out. Jury's out. Jury's out. Okay. But the dude's name is Rufus King. That doesn't okay. mean anything. Okay. No. No. That doesn't mean anything. It's just fun. It's just fun. Okay. And how awesome would it be today if the president was living with a male senator from Alabama named Rufus King? Okay. Like Bush is like it's no big deal. I'm not married. James Buchanan was not married. He was the bachelor president, right? I'm not married. I'm just living with a Rufus. What? What? What is that a problem? Oh, that was just hilarious. <laughs> so James Buchanan, you know, he lived before he was elected as president. He he lived with this guy. They lived together. <laughs> Rufus King. <laughs> oh my bad. I'm sorry. Uh, it, I, it's hilarious. You know, he was from the South. He was white. You know, it was pre-reconstruction, pre-Civil War. You know. Oh well, he was a Southern gentleman. But anyway. So after he moved into the after President Buchanan moved into the White House, King moved to France, and that caused the the letter. You know, he moved to, when King moved to Paris, and uh, Buchanan was left feeling, you know, all alone. Anyway, uh, I should play that sexy and I know it commercial, huh? <laughs> but anyway, so that was one argument. The next argument was that. Um, that the most beloved president of all time, next to John Kennedy uh, and George Washington, Mr. Abraham Lincoln, was also closeted gay. So here's um, here's Andrew Sullivan. Uh, Andrew Sullivan, who is the um, he's a blogger for uh, what's the name of this blog show? Um, the Daily something. Uh, the Dish. Yeah, he's a blogger for The Dish. He's a former editor for The New Republic, and he's British. But he gives his comments regarding um, Abraham Lincoln and Abraham Lincoln's homoeroticism. So let's listen into what uh, Sullivan has to say. I think there are two great gay Americans, obviously, and that is Abraham Lincoln and uh, Walt Whitman. I think it's obvious, obvious that the man um, was gay, and uh, not many people sleep with other men and when the other man leaves, have nervous breakdowns. Not, very few other presidents in history have, have slept with a man in their own bed in the White House um, while their wife slept next door. Um, it is staring us in the face. It was written at the time. Historical consensus is slowly shifting. Uh, it's far too dangerous right now for people to acknowledge. 
by which I mean not only was he uh, had a homosexual orientation, but he actually was sexually active as well, which is which is really quite remarkable. Um, and uh, I, I know this is controversial. There was a, a amazingly, uh, unfortunately flawed because the guy didn't finish, died before he finished it. The intimate life of Abraham Lincoln by C.A. Tripp, which really blew a lot of the stuff out of the water. And mainstream Lincoln scholarship for a long time completely dismissed this. In fact, but you're beginning to see in scholarship out there, in emerging scholarship, that what people at the time called his lavender streak, at the time, um, is, is a core way of understanding who this human being was. Not that he didn't also function heterosexually. Gay people in these periods of time had to. Um, and the social and psychological pressures that required people to adhere to heterosexual norms were overwhelming. Um, and not that we will ever find you know, proof of such, but uh, uh, just the simple facts I told you, which no one can dispute, um, are pretty remarkable. Now, they have this view of saying, oh, men slept with each other all the time in the, in the in log cabins in, in the 19th century, and there was this principle of intimacy and friendship that was we've sexualized and blah, 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 all of which is true. But in the White House? When you were already married, I mean, I, I, it's staggering. Um, and uh... all right, so that's Andrew Sullivan. That's his uh, his uh, synopsis of Lincoln's um, uh, homosexuality. And, and you know, I I know Lincoln is a uh, sacred, <laughs> like a saint uh, with the black community. And we we we're, you know, as time progresses, we're finding more more and more about. Uh, out about him in his private life and, and things of that nature, but let me get back to the, let me reference back to the uh, Salon article. Uh, when you go back and uh, uh, the article is at Salon dot com. Um, when you go back and you read the article uh, uh, regarding Jane Buchanan uh, being America's first gay president, uh, it talks it put it in the context of um, uh, ethnocentricity, ethnocentrism. And basically saying that within the fi- uh, within the construct of identity, personal identity, uh, times have changed and have not changed, uh, have not actually progressed. We've actually been regressive instead of progressive. By being uh, regressive, um, you you they put it in the context of personal periods, and they note that, for example, with Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln was not reelected when he was you know he was elected he didn't have a beard and the pictures that we have of him the most reverent pictures you know have a beard but he actually grew that beard so that he could get reelected because during those times um not having hair was not a good thing you know facial hair was not a good thing for, like during the 50s, you know, having long hair instead of having a nice crew cut, you know, the long hair was a um, that was counter revolutionary, the counter culture. You know, that's why they had the long hair, the hippies, and all that stuff. And you know, good men had the clean cuts. And later on, you know, they facial hair became significant uh, and rep, you know, part of that culture. Also, that cultural identity, you know, you had to. The beard, untrimmed beard, and and if you paid attention since uh 1948, uh, 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 actually since the turn of the century, uh, we haven't had any presidents with much facial hair at all. Matter of factly, uh, those who have had facial hair, they're uh they've been viewed in a negative negative sense. So, uh, what does all that have to do with what did that what does all that have to do with uh whether gay or not? Uh, it just talks about the belief that we place in in this um, this uh, form of ethnocentrism, as as uh, the article states. Um, basically, saying now our society is either better or worse based on how we see uh, ourselves, and then see times uh, ahead or behind us. And regarding now that you know, now that uh, there's such a uh, a more readily assess, uh, accessibility and acceptance of alternative lifestyles of all kinds. That's not just homosexuals, but alternative lifestyles of all kinds. We've been more um, 
more receptive and uh have allowed allowed more things to occur, you know, people to be elected. Um now we get all in their business now. It's easier to get all in their business now than it was a hundred years ago. <laughs> you know. It's why private lives are, you know, are 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 trying to be more protective. People are trying to be more protective and aware of their private life and how that impacts their, their social life. Anyway, I digress. So, in essence, we, you know, we're peeling back the layers of uh, constructive history and we're, we're discovering that this is not anything new. This is it's not a new issue, whether we oppose it or we uh, propose it. It's not a new issue. The question is, how will we be? How uh, how do we approach it? How do we um, integrate it if it needs to be integrated? And what will be the consequences of such action? Those are questions. Of, those are the things we need to be asking and thinking this upcoming election. And not only uh, not only as, not only as uh, informed voters, but as for those of us who uh, particularly. Uh, Vote within the constructs of our faith and the scripture. Um, what do we do? Yeah, I got to cut out all these arms. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Toastmasters, is, I, I learned something yesterday. Toastmasters, I learned something yesterday. Going to do better. But um, in light, <laughs> I just did it. Oh, my goodness. In light, it's this new construct of how people are affirming does that again uh, does that again give us reason to just blindly follow, blindly accept? And I, my answer to that is no. Especially those of us who are shape our our, our views based in scripture. No, we can't. We gotta. And I'm not talking about a, a particular view of scripture either. We either are or are not going to follow God's word or, and accept the benefits or the consequences of doing so. And that's what is that's what we have to do, and we have to focus on that. And stand by that because if we don't, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna continue to see a, a downward track. Now, uh, Obama is the president of the people, and I'm gonna say this, and then I'm, we're gonna have to, you know, cut it close, uh, cut it off because we're running out of time. Obama is the president of the people, and I want to make sure I, I say this correctly. I want people to understand, my audience to understand this. No, he's not. Prophet, no, he's not pastor. No, he isn't any of that. He is the president of the United States. And if you see the United States from a secular perspective, fine, let him roll with that. But if you see the United States within the confines of the founding fathers' deistic, uh, their deistic views, their theistic views, or however you want to put it, you know, agnostic views, however you want to put it, within that construct of a religious construct, then you must ask your ask yourself the question: Are we going forward? Or are we going backwards? And if we're going backwards, what will that lead us to? And following that, you must make sure that you you know you vote your vote your not just your conscience, but vote your values. Voting your value, voting your values will guarantee that you uh, vote the right way. And for those of you who are still struggling. Trying to, you know, now that this has come out, you you don't know how you're going to vote. Let me advise you to get uh, Dr. Tony Evans' latest book, How Christians Should Vote. It's available on every um, every major outlet, Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, uh, every lo- your local Christian bookstores. Go and get that book. Uh, Dr. Evans provides some great insight into how Christians should vote in light of scripture and not in light of policy or politics. So go get that book. And I tell you, you'd be greatly appreciated. You'd be blessed by it. Uh, all right, so we got to wrap up the show again. I appreciate everybody listening, and glad that you joined us today. Uh, I think we did a good day. Uh, we we've been doing good. So tune in every week, Wednesday, eleven o'clock, zero today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. We got some good things going, and we want to hear from you. So send us an email. Let us know what you're thinking. Pastor Lorenzo Neal at gmail dot com. We're at Twitter at Prophets Uh We're at Facebook Zero Network, and wherever else you can find us, we're there. If you missed any archive in any shows, you can catch your archive show. Uh, just simply log on to Zero Today, uh, Log Talk Radio today 
and you will get available every show all the way back from two years, uh, from 2010. So on that note, we're leaving out. God bless you. Be with you. Hang on in there. God bless you.